Hello, everyone. Welcome back. This is Julie Bates with the podcast Training the Pointing Labrador, episode number 285. And this one is going to be essentially part two of episode 284, which was starting to run cold blinds. And once again, a cold blind means that the dog has no idea, has never run this before, does not know where the bumper or bird is. So it, it versus a hot blind where there is, well, a cold blind is when they haven't run before. A hot blind is when you're running marks and blinds and the blinds are all planted. So don't, don't confuse, they're not really, you know, the opposite of one another. <laughs> a cold blind is a blind that the dog does not know and doesn't have any real association with, with anything. So more on the cold blinds, because I think it's, uh, at least to me, it's worth taking a little bit of time to explain things a little bit more from the dog's perspective uh, than from people's perspective. Because, and this is more for people that are doing it the first or second or third time or something that are fairly new to it. Um, although I hope it could be helpful to everyone. But so when you get the fundamentals that are required to be able to go ahead and begin to teach blinds, not run blinds, teach blinds, you know, your dog has to know that they have to go on back or whatever you say, and they know that they have to stop when you blow the whistle. You're not still working that one out. That one needs to be fully, fully understood and very clear and hopefully very, very quick. Uh, and then that they, when you cast, that they have to go again. So you have to have those pieces in place. Now, this does not mean that now you can run blinds. Um, you know, and I've, I've heard, well, you know, I, I do a lot of baseball diamond and I've done this. So, so we're kind of ready. And I, I just want to, when you work with your dog, I want you to really understand your partner's perspective a little bit. So when a dog is run, if you've done the T and that's how you've done it, the force to the pile stuff, or just run a whole lot of baseball diamonds. So they're just out of habit, go out because you've asked them to do, you know, which that one's a little dicey because then. You don't have a tool to fall back on when they go, well, I really don't want to go. But when you have these tools on your dog, now comes what to me is one of the most extensive parts of teaching in the whole finished retriever whole program. And that is to teach a dog to really understand, grasp the concept of running blind retrieves. And then let's add to that, gets it, and enjoys it, isn't afraid of it, isn't dreaded, oh my God, we're gonna run a blind, I hope I don't get in trouble. That, that just is not necessary. It's not necessary on any dog, particularly if you do all the teaching first. So your dog needs to go and stop. And then I explained in the prior episode, once you've run pattern blinds so your dog understands Boy, I can stand in one place and be sent one direction and then a little another direction and another direction. And I and there's always something out there. And then they learn to stop on a whistle and go again and stop again and go again. Pattern blinds are where you familiarize them with all of those concepts. That does not mean that this dog now can run a blind. Because even when you, when you do pattern blinds, first you teach the dog where... I'm going to just use bumper, but whatever you use, where the bumpers are. They know where they are. So now we're going to practice running blinds and handling. 
And they know now when you transition over to, okay, they don't know where they are. Again, generally, you can start with sight blinds. Maybe you have another way of doing it. But in other words, you, like I explained in the last one, you walk out there with three or four bumpers and put them down in your various spots that are marked so you know where they are. And then you come back to the, your line and then you begin to run these blinds. At least the dog then knows it's out there somewhere. And so, but they're not really sure about it because they've never done this before. And though to you and I, it's a very, very simple concept. Well, you know they're out there, so I'm going to send you. And you know when I stop you and change your direction, that's what you do. That's how we think about it. But dogs think about it differently, and different dogs think about it differently from other dogs. So some just love running hard, and so they're going to run hard. But then when you, but when you stop them because they're getting a little off a little bit, you stop them, they're, a lot of times they'll just freeze on you. They just like they're stopped and you're casting and you're yelling back finally and doing all the stuff and they're just sitting there. This is not a dog that is refusing to do what you ask. This is a dog that is going, I don't know what's happening here. <laughs> so, so instead of correcting them because they're not doing something wrong, they are confused. And just like if you were teaching someone to drive. You know, and they're and they and they're they're somewhere, and there's a stop sign, and somebody turned in front of them, and they get a little bit overwhelmed. You don't start screaming at them and slapping them upside the head. You know, you have to calm them down, get them where they're thinking again, let them know that this happens, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And it's the same thing with dogs when they get confused or a little bit overwhelmed or just frankly don't know what's happening. Then you need to unstick them. So be aware that that can happen. And you can do that by carrying an extra bumper in your back pocket, walk out where they are, cast the bumper behind them in the exact direction of the cast you want them to take, then cast them, meet them up there, take the bumper out of their mouth, put it back in your pocket, and continue. Normally when you've done something like that, you've kind of broken them out of that just frozen stuck thing. You can take a rock, you can take some dirt clods, and do that with a dirt clod or a rock. Just... They're just stuck there, so go throw a rock exactly the direction they need to go to be getting heading towards the blind, and then they'll usually go. Now, it, maybe they'll start looking, you know, or they'll smell the rock or the dirt clod that has your smell on it. Go ahead and stop them again and cast them, but you've broken them out of the stuck mold. So understand when you first start doing this that these guys, they do not intuit this the way you would or I would. Now, so you need to practice those things. Understand, this is very important, understand the factors for that animal. You're looking at the field, seeing how far you can do them, seeing how far you should spread them out, you know, what you can mark your blinds with. You're looking at all that. The dog is not, that's not where they are at all. Now, the, the ground, the terrain, where you are speaks very loudly to them. Not the same way that it does to us. Because we're not out there running around using our nose and trying to avoid the stickers or whatever. It, it, it speaks very loudly to them. And there's a number of things that do. And it's important that we know this before we start teaching our dog to run blinds and to handle. All right. So as I said before in the prior podcast, 
it's very easy for dogs to run downwind. That that's a real natural thing. They don't they don't crosswind uh, or angle necessarily. They run downwind or they smell something and run into the wind. So you start hopefully with the downwind blind first and then each one is increasingly crosswind. So now we are beginning to teach them that this big factor that's pushing them that they need to not get pushed by it and it's only experience and time and it's not crushing them because they're fading with the wind just an opportunity to teach that stuff cover cover is a big deal a lot of times if you have a, a piece of cover out there in the middle between where you are and where you're sending the dog for some dogs that's nothing for some dogs it's a big wall so depending on where your dog falls in that that may be something that for them is very hard so then you can set up blinds that work on just going through pieces of cover or into pieces of cover or through and past and on beyond them those aren't things that dogs intuitively know and it's because you've run a straight line on the t they don't automatically go, ah, therefore I will run straight lines all the time. Because not only are they running, because you said back, but they're also doing what any four-legged field running animal would do. They're going to avoid stuff that hurts their feet. They're going to avoid stuff that's going to scratch them or that they have to jump over or that is some kind of, or if they encounter a trail or a road, just like you or I would do if we were out there, we'd just get on that'd be way easier you know there's nothing on we'll just take this so they need to be taught things like that they need to be literally taught and you don't do it again by correct let's say you have a let's say you have a your dog has a little trouble with cover because some do if the cover's higher than about three or four inches they, they want to run around it and run around it which any intelligent animal would do they're also going to want to run around it coming back because they, for the same reason. And they're in a hurry to get back to you. Now for hunters and stuff, and I'll still say this applies if you just have a hunting dog. Because what, not that they must go perfectly straight when you're hunting, not that. But when you are training your hunting dog, what you want to do is to teach them to do their very best put really due diligence into going where you say that they don't get to choose because you'd be handling all the time when they run around this so now we got to cast them this way then they run really avoid that and now we're casting them that way there's that's not really teaching a dog to run a blind very well so hunting dog or competitive dog you want to teach them when I point you this way go that way and when you encounter something because you're not going to put anything right unsafe or unmanageable in front of them then teach them, go ahead and go through that. Obviously, ice does not count. Fences do not count. You know, harmful shrubbery does not count. Cactus, things like that. But cover grass that they could go through a little bit higher. But it just, you know, maybe your, maybe your pheasant fell right in the thick of the cattails. Dog needs to be able to learn to dig, go in there and, and start digging stuff out. But it's a taut thing. So if your dog has a, a cover issue then find a place where there's maybe a big old long cover strip or something and just do what I think uh, Lardy called is called uh, no-no drills right so you're on one side of the cover and you throw your bumper and get right up to it like right even in it 
and then throw the bumper on the other side of it and make him go straight out, make him come back, back up. So you're just outside of the cover, throw your bumper across the other side, send them. In other words, just teach them. Always go where I've got you pointed and you can go through cover. You can angle across roads. You can jump over a log that's safe. You can do all those things. That has to be taught. They don't just automatically extrapolate. I must run a straight line. Therefore, this down tree in front of me, I must go over. Any intelligent animal in the world is going to go around that. And they need to be taught. Give it, just make sure it's always a safe thing. Taught, yeah, no, go straight. And if they're going to go around it, you're going to stop and handle them, right? And go help them. Get up there. Do the bumper thrown over the log and teach them. Then go do some log no-no drills and things like that. But you have to teach them that. And there's so many, uh, so many concepts that if you pay a lot of attention, you learn that your dog does. You know, they want to square hills. They want to square water. They want to take the shortest distance between two points if it slows them down. So if you have a piece of water in there, and you know they're, they're going to square it. So when you do water blind stuff, assuming you've done a good swim by on that, you have to teach them not to do what their ancestry tells them to do. But no, 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 now you got to take a straight line. And so that's the thing you teach with white bumpers in the corners of ponds and in coves and things like that. You teach all of that. So whatever your dog isn't very good at when you're going out and doing your blinds, Go back and do some specific work on, again, angling across a road, angling across a safe ditch, jumping over a log, going through cover. Now, at the same time, and I know some people don't agree with this, but I absolutely swear by it, and I will till my last breath, is when I teach dogs to do this, when I teach them when I do a no-no drill, go over the log and come back, go through the cover and come back, then they have to return the exact same way that they went out. And are you judged on return in events? No. Unless you start handling, then you are. But what if you teach a dog, listen, just go straight, go straight out there, and then come straight back. That keeps the whole straight idea crystal clear. Yeah, just crystal clear. You go out, you come back exactly the, the, the shortest distance between these two points, you come right back at, at me. The reason for that, if you think about it, makes a lot of sense, is that if they get to make choices about, well, I'm going to go around the log this time, or I'm going to just run down the road this time, or I'm going to just square across the ditch and then come up in the wrong place this time, if you let them do it coming back, that opens the door for making choices about which is the best way to get somewhere. And it's actually much, much easier on the dog over all your training and any competition if you're doing it or hunting. If they actually think, I got to go straight out, I got to come straight back, then the going straight out part stays pretty strong. But when you open that door, and I've watched a lot of people, you know, their dog will do a technical water blind and, and the dog gets out there and they get it, oh, and they're so happy, and they turn around, the dog runs all the way back around the water. Oh, no. You know, no, no, <laughs> you're going to have trouble sometime, you know, because when they tell you, well, I don't really want to get in the water or I don't really want to get in the cover and they get to not do it, then there will be other times when they say, well, I don't really want to get in the water or I want to run or go around the cover. It's much easier on the dog and your future training 
if you just teach that to the dog, go straight out, come straight back. So yeah, sometimes on when you're learning this and practicing these things, and they're coming back wrong on a blind, handle them. Even if they have the bumper or bird in their mouth and they're coming back, if your foundation is good and strong the way it should be, handle them back to the other side of the log and bring them back over it. And if you have to walk out there to get closer to do this teaching thing out and back same way, then do that. But all you we're doing right now is teaching them straight out, straight back. Give me your very best effort. Now, obviously, hunting, ice, dangerous things, stuff in the water, you don't know what it is. No, then we do not put dogs through anything like that, obviously. But when we're training for competitive things um, or just training the dog to give your its best effort uh, every time it does that, then you want them to go out and come back the same way. Speed on blinds is, I, I, it's not a thing. You know, I, frankly, if you're going to compete, a slower running blind dog is easier because you have time. You don't have to blow the whistle before it's before they get to something because by the time they hear the sound, they will be 30 feet further. So, uh, you know, when they're a little bit more methodical, that's very good. Do not do. I've had people ask me, how do you how do you speed them up? And you don't, you know, just like I ran a 5K on Thanksgiving. I can only run so fast. I run my speed. That's it. You can't make me be Hussein Bolt because I'm not. And particularly if you have to do it a lot, you know, then I'm more running I have to do, the slower the running is going to be because I got I have a lot of running to do. So your dog will tell you what their speed is probably on the T when you're doing the double T and you, you see. And yeah, there's some forcing going on there if you go if you do that. But you're not forcing them to make them run faster. You are forcing them so that they know they must go when you say back. And they must go, period, without giving it consideration and whether they agree or not. But the speed, your, the, your dog's going to run blinds, one, how physically they're capable of running, running physically, mentally, you know, are they a fire-breathing dragon and everything they do has to be at top speed? Or are they one that wants to think about it and, and get and getting on out there? Take what you get. And the more your dog is comfortable running these blinds and things for you, and the more they understand it, then you're going to reach their optimal speed because they enjoy it, they're, they have some trust in you, and they, they know what they're doing. So the best blind running dogs in the world are those who trust you, who believe you that when you point them a certain way, this is where they're going to go, and you're not going to radically change it. Um, they they're trust you when you stop them. They understand I need to change direction. They're not a, we're not doing etch-a-sketch dogs here. You know, it's like, oh, now I will adjust you 20 degrees this way because dogs are responding to you and the terrain and the ground and many environmental things that, to which you're paying no attention. They're, they've got you and all of that. But when you stop them, if, you've, if you're teaching them correctly, you're just telling them, I need to change your direction a little bit. I know there is a school of thought. I, don't, I haven't encountered it too much, but there's some school of thought where here's this chalk line between you and the bird, the bumper. And if your dog gets off the chalk line, you bring them back over to the chalk line and then continue to send them back. 
that's probably one of the biggest momentum killing, cooperation killing things you can ever do to one of these dogs. You want them to trust you and believe you. So when you send them north and they favor the wind and they're going a little bit northwest and you stop them and now you cast them east, which has nothing to do with how you initially sent them, you're, you're assuming they're an Etch-a-Sketch. Well, I'll, here, I'll just bring you back to the line and then I'll cast you back. So they never know what you're casting. But if you teach them that every time if I stop you, I'm going to change your direction slightly. You know, so if, they, if I send it north and it goes a little bit northwest, I'll stop and give a right slight angle back, maybe, depending on how the dog takes casts and what the wind is and the terrain and all the other factors. Um, I'm going to give a cast that hopefully sends them directly in the direction of the bird because that's the purpose of this. You know, the Etch-a-Sketch thing is just, oh man, I don't even, that would be horrible. I've had people in some of my seminars, I have people run other people on blinds so they know what it's like to be the dog. And when they do the Etch-a-Sketch thing, people actually have gotten angry. You know, it's like, just cast me to where I'm going. Not this other stuff, because it's very hard to figure that out. So be cautious about that. When you stop your dog, you should be saying, Okay, I'm I'm just I'm going to change your direction slightly, and they be they get to trust that very much, keeps their speed up, keeps their enthusiasm up. I said in the prior one also to never do just one or two, do multiple ones, so they just become very accustomed to running blinds. Now the reason that and I was really emphasizing last time not to repeat blinds. Because people, you know, they say their dog really out of trouble with the couple blinds they'd set up where one was alongside the road and they crossed it over and the other one was covered with a ditch and some stuff. And the dog was just, they really had a thing. So let's go back the next day and do it again. Because you're thinking we're going to practice these lines until you get them. What the dog is thinking first is, uh-oh. <laughs> Oh no, I'm not deciding what's happening here. And they remember where you stopped them and where they got in trouble and where you got real frustrated and where you had to come out and they had to jump over this log a bunch of times. And there's a lot of memory and a lot of history there that is impeding the kind of clarity of thought you want in your dog. So if your dog had trouble angling across a road or going across a ditch the right way or something, find another place. And yes, find another place that has something like that. You can always find a road to angle across. And there's always something that's like a ditch. It could be a, you know, it could be a big log right there. And they have to just angle and go across that log. Work on the concept in a place where the dog does not have maybe some bad memories or just maybe some lack of understanding of what you were up so upset about they didn't know about jumping over a log let me just get around it they all got in trouble for that so let's go somewhere different and where there's nothing that's frightening there there's no memories and work on that it it's generally a lot lot more helpful if you want to come back two months from now and redo that you know if you must make it be months not the next day or the next week because they remember many many things and if they got some corrections in there, then there's some bad places out there. And as on a dog, as particularly a dog that's new to this, you know, they're like, oh, don't go there. Or 
Just did you see the log? Just run for the log. Always jump over the log, otherwise you'll get in trouble. I I've had dogs where I think I've overdone it on the log thing, and they will literally run over out, off out of their way and jump over a log. And I was like, oh, I might have overdone that a little bit. So be very cautious about that as well with your dog. Finally, on on teaching blinds and practicing. Be aware there's so, so many things that you're teaching. Nobody can tell you what cast to give your dog. No one can tell you that except for your dog. So when you go out and practice blinds like I'm talking about, you go out doing four of them, maybe more, um, at least three. You're out practicing these things. Some days you did it on a windy day and then other times you did it, you know, in a real hilly terrain filled thing. You learn what your dog's interpretation of casts under certain circumstances. They, they are not all the same. There are some dogs that you can give a straight up back to and they'll take it. And there's other dogs that once you stop them and change your, you know, you've told them you're gonna change your direction and you can give a straight up back, but they're not gonna go straight back. They're gonna take a little bit of an angle, whichever arm that was. So you have to learn how your dog takes casts in the wind. What do they do in the water? What do they do when there's an obstacle or something like that? You learn it, and when you practice this this much, you know what cast to give. And for those of us that train multiple dogs, you give dog A a uh, straight up left back, and you give dog Q uh, actually a pretty hard almost over because of the way they interpret things. So that's part of what you have to learn about this isn't we're not edge sketching this is not your dog bot figure out how, how they interpret wind and terrain and what casts work that's a lot of learning before you even are any good at blinds when you teach the dogs this way when you take the time and break it down into all the and there's more factors than i've talked about here but you'll learn that if you're thinking about it out there watching what your dog is telling you not correcting them but teaching them um, when you do that then you you really can run blinds and when you have dogs that trust you um, who, who trust you they know one they're not afraid and they know when you point them a certain way to go that way and when you stop them they need to change your direction I have passed many dogs at very high levels who really weren't that great at dogs but because we had practiced so much of this and because they knew exactly what to do when, you know, and I knew what cast to give them, and we got through blinds that were like really hard and really technical that I would never set up in training. Never set up in training. And I never do. I never set up some killer, super hard trick thing that, you know, you might see at a test, whether appropriate or not. But what I will do with these guys is teach them when I point you at the water, get in. Or if I point you at the cover, get in. If there's a log between where, you're, where you are and where you're headed, go over it. You know, if I stop you and tell you to get back in the water, get back in. So they don't have to. They just are, are used to the cooperation. And when you have dogs like that, then I don't, you can go run a blind anywhere at any level. Uh, also any link short medium and long because they just trust you and you guys have done enough of this stuff together and you've paid attention and you've taught them about roads and ditches and cover and down things and wind 
and even uh, distraction, right? Even running right by a bucket of birds because they got to keep going. You've taught them all those things. So then they do it. So then that's, that's definitely the way to, <laughs> to approach this. When you get a dog and now it's through the T and, you know, somebody's setting up blinds for you and it's long and it's through this and it's under the tree branch and it's over here and, and you haven't taught your dog these simple fundamentals that I'm talking about, I don't know what you're going to be getting out of that. You know, maybe your dog will just look into it and do it. But it's much, much nicer when you know that this dog is going to go and they're going to stop and they're going to change direction and they're going to give you their best effort. And then they're going to come back still giving you their best effort all the way back. That's a dog that you can run at whatever level you want. So again, running blinds is not like there's a recipe to it. There's not, okay, do this, then do this, then do this, then do this. It is a giant, long teaching process and if you take the time and you pay attention to the dog that you're running and you figure out how they do things and how they feel and whatever speed they run they run and you have your fundamentals which I'll say one more time must be in place they must go when you say they must stop when you blow the whistle and then they must go again when you give them some direction the only places to correct a dog in my opinion to correct, I, I hate that term. The only place I'm going to go in there and put any specific pressure on is it, when you got to go. If you don't go, then we're going to do the heel nick thing to get you to go. If you don't stop and stop well, we're going to address that in training before we come and do that again. And I, and then when I start this, I am going to teach them. And then when I cast you again, and I, that's what the pattern blinds are for, go again. And come back the same way you went out. Those are the only places they can really get corrected. You know, if all of a sudden this, you know, you decide to slip a whistle, you're not going to slip a whistle. You've got to stop every time. But again, you set that up right going in, you don't even have that. So running blinds is not about correcting them. It is about teaching them. That's just a fact. I would say it to anybody in the world. And anybody that's done a lot of this already knows that anyway. It's not about, uh, you know, my dog won't take a left back. Well, I don't believe that. But something's happened. So when you throw up a left back, they've got something in their mind that's not very good. Or my dog won't cast into the wind. Well, that's because you haven't spent the time teaching them to cast into the wind. So it always comes back to that. So everybody that's excited about blinds and wants to, wintertime is a great time to work on that stuff. But if you just say, all right, this is a huge learning thing, not only for the dog, but for me. And we're going to get each other figured out. And if and when you do that, like the dog I told you about before, where he went out and did this over and over and over. And he did it upside, toenailing on the side of the hill, doing it funny angles, up this, over that, through that, by that. He did all of his blinds like that. And that's why I said he could have run any field trial blind in the world, technical or otherwise because they had such a strong relationship and the dog would just change his direction and the dog loved running and loved doing that stuff and he, they were just exceptional. So if you're willing to put in the time and don't look for ways to correct your dog but look for ways to teach your dog more and more all the time and challenge them. And again, don't do 100-yard blinds, okay? Do 60, 100 
220. Do, do it so they just go, stop, and go again. And then teach them those little things like the wind and the terrain and squaring things and not taking the easy route. And equally important, coming back the same way. So that's going to be my kind of second part on teaching your dog blinds. There's a lot in what I just said, and I'm sure I left out uh, many little things that I also should bring up. And I, I'll just say this. This is just me now. But because I'll run a dog at a 60-yard blind or a 360-yard blind, I don't give verbals. For one, I don't think you can give a verbal a 360. But if you give verbals back over, you know, like people do, then you have a two-stage command. One is your hand, your cast, and one is your voice. You don't need a two-stage command. Makes you, I don't know, maybe it makes you feel like a fancy dog trainer or something. But if you just teach your dog to take the cast and go, and you start that as soon as you can, then you don't have to yell and scream. Um, you just don't have to. If you ever have to do give a verbal. It, usually it forces them more the wrong way they're wanting to go that you don't want them to <laughs> but there's a place for it you know like getting the water getting the cover if you guys have an understanding but the yelling and the screaming and the loud voice and all of that should is not necessary to do any of this just a visual dog can see you the dog can clearly see the cast you give it in the plane of your body practice that in front of a mirror Make sure if you, and I'm going to say this one again, and I saw somebody do it recently. Um, if you got to get a big cast to the right, don't move to the left before you give your big cast to the right because you just sent your dog both ways. So make sure that all that your body talk to the dog is exactly what you want it to be, which takes a lot of self-awareness. It's hard to be a really good blind runner. <laughs> you need to work on it and think about everything. But so that's the day. I had to get this one out so I didn't lose this whole train of thought. And, and I know I've got a number of people that are listening to this and planning on this. So that's today's getting close to Christmas. I hope to have one of these, uh, one more. I get to go see my youngins for Christmas. So I'm really looking forward to that. And uh, I will be back, if not next week, very soon thereafter. <laughs>